you know, I think it's fair to say that It's a Sin spends more time and pays more attention to the sort of personal impact of the crisis and particularly on these characters than the sort of wider political impact. And I mean, I don't say that necessarily as a criticism because, you know, often good storytelling is focusing on a narrow set of people to tell a much wider story and to, you know, maybe bring bring the politics into the subtext or find a way of bringing out the politics that isn't maybe quite so kind of direct or overt because if you want to just deal with the politics, you'd make a documentary, right? But nonetheless, I think we should... We should lead on to um, some of the politics of the show, you know, not least because that's what we do at Sweet 212. But, you know, maybe we, we could start that by talking about how the show portrays the LGBT community. Um, I mean, maybe it's partly reflective of um, fractures in the community at the time, um, fractures that I think are sort of explored quite well in the 2014 film Pride, of course, about the lesbians and gay support the minors movement, where you do see some fractures between the lesbian and gay communities. Um, but, you know, in It's a Sin, you see very, very little of the lesbian circuit and how the Lesbian and Gay Alliance, or even just the lesbian community, was affected by the HIV and AIDS outbreak. You don't really see an awful lot of the impact of it on women at all. I think there's one trans woman who you see, but if you do hear her, you don't hear her very much. Uh, she doesn't get any significant dialogue. So this is very much a film about gay men with, you know, mm. one kind of straight female friend. Yeah, exactly. Watching it, I did think about um, that episode of Sweet What Two and Two you did recently with um, Sarah Shulman and James Butler and something really um, insightful that Sarah Shulman said regarding the way the AIDS crisis is to, has been depicted historically, which is that very, very frequently in films such as Philadelphia, for example, um, the focus is on providing opportunity for a heterosexual person to overcome their homophobia in order to provide help, which this show doesn't do really. But, but I would say that one of my criticisms of it is there is very little focus on uh, mutual aid within the queer community, which seems very strange to me that that's that a choice that he, he would have made, particularly because there is an opportunity because so little is told to us about the life of Jill. She doesn't really seem necessary to have her own sort of personal internal life beyond providing care and help for these men. And the men themselves don't actually provide much help for each other. And there are, there's no depictions of lesbians as far as I'm aware. I, I can't remember an entire thing at all which is not what happened. And I think that does therefore become like a political issue, even though it is focused on the personal. Like the show to me is a, is a, is a show about care and to make that choice about how you represent care is, is, is unusual. I, I did read that the working title for the, for the programme was Boys, which is a much better title for it. It covers so much more because I think as we'll maybe discuss later, like a lot of the politics of care that come up in the in the show is to do with gender anyway, and uh, the roles that women play. And for me, as much as this is about, uh, obviously a, a program about um, AIDS, it's also a program about the way gay men and uh, straight women relate to issues of care. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's talk a bit more about Jill then, because she is quite an interesting character and it intrigues me uh, that, you know, in a show that, you know, like you say, was originally going to be called Boys, and did set out to be a film, uh, to be a series about um, 
gay men primarily but Jill is really the character that I think has captured the public imagination the most you've seen this hashtag be like Jill and you know she's not actually rounded out that much as you say you know she gets a bit of work as an actor but not that much you don't really see that much of the process she doesn't you know it's assumed that she's straight but you don't really see anything of her uh, romantic relationships you see a bit of her family but not a lot you know and she performs this caring function where the state doesn't really you know due to a mixture of Tory cuts and homophobia but she does also give some idea of this alternative queer kinship I think Annie Ring had a good article at Club de Femme about this um, this week so I, I don't know if you want to kind of expand any more on on Jill's function within the show in in that way and what it says maybe about the show's attitudes to the lack of state provision for for people with HIV and AIDS at the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel I feel like that's if there's a moral message to the to the show, it's kind of about um, the, this idea of chosen family, and that queer people do produce like oh, there are other models of kinship that queer people live with in and were living with in at the time, and I think the way that it does that specifically, and it comes comes to a head at the end of the show, is this contrast between Jill and Richie's mother um, and the idea of who cares for Richie and the idea of judgment and care and expectations for the people you care about and their behavior which raises some really for me in the last episode some really really problematic things to do with the way that um, Russell T Davies depicts the idea of blame within the show it comes up earlier in the show with Richie himself sort of thinking about and talking about his behavior after he assumed or thought he'd contracted HIV. And, and as we were saying before about this idea of representation, not being endorsement, I mean, I think it's fair to depict that because there's obviously a huge range of responses that people were going through at the time regarding their own behavior and people did blame themselves. But I think in the last episode, and this is what made me sort of angry about it is that Davis seems to double down on the idea of, blame uh it is about apportioning blame how who who is who is at fault for this terrible thing happening and that for me is a framework for thinking about hiv is really is still really stigmatizing even if in the end he comes down to say like the, the blame is not is not richie's to have played upon richie's sense that he was blaming himself and this idea of shame which is you know deeply within a lot of queer people anyway but then to say, actually, this is the big spoiler in the in the last sort of fight between uh, Jill and Richie's mother, that um, actually Richie's mother is to blame for producing for, for producing a loveless environment. Therefore, seems to suggest that Richie's behaviour, you know, that he, him going on and having lots of sex with lots of men, was a result of this like loveless environment, you know, that that and that's exactly the same narrative of gay men being fo- like engaged in this sort of loveless compulsion t- towards fucking because there's no they don't have any stability in their lives or because you know like they're, they're, they're they hate themselves or things like that which is you know one of the sort of really stigmatizing aspects of like people talking about aids and i i find that really troubling in the way that that happens in that, that last scene 